Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Forever Game Podcast, and we have two very special guests here today, and Jamie. And, Thank you. <laughs> and um, one person, one of them is the person that I think is one of the instrumental people in my life that allowed me pretty much to be where I am today through CEO and everything else. And we have Gary and Nancy Geiger here, and uh, Jamie and I are here, and Excited for you to join us on our podcast and drink wine and just chat. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't believe this okay. is... Gary, this is your first podcast? Yes. Wow. And Nancy's, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, this so, is going to be the first of many. I already know it. <laughs> yeah. once, once this one airs, yeah. the calls will be coming in. Yeah, or you'll text us again. When can we <laughs> when drink can we wine? Go <laughs> and, and do that recording. When's the next thing? wine chat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it was um, kind of you to ask us. Yeah. <laughs> I was excited that you guys were open to do it. Yeah. And, um, That's because we didn't know what we were getting into. <laughs> they really didn't. That's Ignorance right. is how we play the yeah. game. Uh, but anyway, I think we'll just jump right into it. And um, well, I'll ask you guys first is just um, you live in Wilmer, Minnesota, um, but you weren't always from here. Right now you have uh, a couple of kids. Three. Three kids. And how many grandkids? Five. Five grandkids. Two bigs, three littles. <laughs> how do you determine yeah, the bigs and littles? Where's the cutoff? Yeah, where's the break? Well, the bigs are 22 and 20. Oh, yeah. And the littles are two eight-year-olds almost and a five-year-old. So bigs and littles. Yep. Any more on the way, you think? I can't think we're done. <laughs> I don't know should we say that <laughs> for everybody to hear. <laughs> well, we thought that when we had two bigs, too. Because okay. it had been a long time. There was a break. There was, there was a long time. You went break. on a grandparent hiatus <laughs> yeah. a little yeah. bit. But you know what? It was the best because you get to spend time with Quality the Quality time. Yeah. And then they're on their way, and then you have three more. Mm-hmm. So it's good. Mm-hmm. And the three little ones, they think you can do anything that their parents can do. I mean, jump up and down, run around the house, sit down, get up. Yeah. And I like that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they think we can do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Little do they know. <laughs> <laughs> You're popping Advil left yeah, and right. Yeah, right. That's right. Um, but it's great. How do, this is not quite what our script has written up, but we don't have a script. What's it like comparing, I'm a new parent relatively, eight, six, and three. What's, what are grandkids like compared to your own kids? Oh, they're great. <laughs> Better? <laughs> Yikes, Gary. Uh, are you going to? Uh, I, I, uh, are our kids going to ever hear this? Well, maybe Luke. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know what? It's just a different kind mm-hmm. of, of, of love, of being together. and But, but the grandkids, yeah. that, that's They're something fun. special because, you know, it's a whole, you're not fully responsible for them like you are your own children. Right. You can and give them back. People will say, well, remember back in the such and such years, like the uh, 70, early 70s, mid 70s? On the news or something, I say, no, I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Because our kids were little and growing, and and you just, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, now it's, it's a little different. Um, I walk into my parents' house, and I'm, for the majority of my life, they would walk in and give me a hug. Mm-hmm. And now they don't really look at me. When we walk in with the kids, they, oh, absolutely! Yeah, they're like, "Oh, uh, thanks for being the vessel that brought, yeah, brought my grandkids them there. to yeah. me." And yeah. aren't you grateful that they <laughs> are that way? The other day, I had this little experience. Speaking of kids, 
I went to a store and I was going to buy some Christmas things and I was going to buy a hooded sweatshirt at the Hammer Made store. Okay. And I'm looking at one guy in, working and I'm looking at the sweatshirts. And I thought, this looks nice. And oh, the hood was a little different, but I thought it was okay. And then I turned it over to fold it back up and it had like brown patches on the, show, on the yeah, elbows. Well. And mm-hmm. I said to the guy working there, oh, this isn't going to work. He didn't know they were for my kids. And he said, well, how old is the person? And I said, 50. And I thought, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'm not telling that guy that's my kid. <laughs> it, it really struck me more than it ever had Yeah. when I said that. Because yeah. our oldest child's 51, in fact. Yeah. So, foo-foo. Wow. Yep. So you just... <laughs> Well, you're I, only as old as you feel. I pulled it back up and put it away <laughs> and left the store. Oh, dear. Because I'm with high school kids every day. And every year I do feel a little bit further. I mean, I am a, a little bit further away, yeah. but mm-hmm. just further away in my thinking. Yeah. And um, it's uh, getting old. It's James, you'll, you'll realize this in about That's a decade. That's another thing about grandkids, especially when they're little. They don't really care that you're that much older or mm-hmm. that you don't know all the right stuff. Yeah. About frozen or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or sending texts. We had oh. this big conversation with our kids the other day about sending texts and saying the right thing, like mm. KK or... <laughs> you can't just say the letter K, right? No, 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 no. It's bad, and, I guess. And so then the next text I sent, I said, okay, ooh, I hope I did this right. <laughs> I hope I put the right emoji in there. <laughs> so, to really express how I feel, yeah, right. Right. I have to use the right emoji. Yes, you do. That's funny. It's very true. Definitely a whole new language. So let's jump all the way back 30, 40 years ago when you guys were born. Yeah, right. And <laughs> Nancy, we'll start with you. Um, were you guys born near each other? No. I was born in Murdoch. Just down the road. No, actually, I was born in Benson, but I was, lived in Murdoch okay. all those years. And most of my little stories about are about my growing up in Murdoch. And one day I heard a man on the radio, he was going to write a story about, um, it was a fiction, and he was writing about the people that lived there, lived on Utopia Street. And I thought to myself, that is the literal street that I lived on, huh. or the literal town that I lived in. <laughs> It was the best growing up there. I loved it. You were in the city or were you in a farm? Well, in the city. Well, I, yeah, I'm <laughs> wondering what the difference is. Could you have an open fire the pop- and shoot guns? The population or? of, okay. the population, what was it? 350. Kemp? Yeah. Kemp? And, mm-hmm. and I know this is in all communities, but I think sometimes in smaller communities you see this. A couple things. Um, we had a little movie theater. It was called the Lee Theater in Murdoch. And um, it seemed like maybe it wouldn't survive. So a number of people in the community, men, I guess, said, we we each have to take a year to run this theater. You know, so one of the people in the community ran it for a year. My dad ran the movie theater for a year. Mm -hmm. We can remember that. So it's like, do we want this in our community? Yes, we'll do it. Yeah. And (laughs) same with mayor, I think. My dad was mayor of Murdoch. And... 
Highly coveted position. Yes, it was. <laughs> but I think, too, people think this is my responsibility. Sure. You know, this is my duty. community, and I this is yeah. what I need to do. They feel a sense of ownership. They do. Yeah. And, and, and pride. And, and mm-hmm. so I saw a lot of um, people, my parents included, that um, gave a lot of their time, you know, to schools. My dad served on the school board. Um to, to, to help make things better. And mm-hmm. so I think that was a lot of what I learned growing Instilled up. Instilled in you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, you look back at your childhood in a very positive way. Right. And if this is your community, wherever it is, whether it's a big city, medium, small, you that's that's what you do. Yeah. You know, this is your home. You want to make it the best place it can be, whether it's for people my age or younger people or little kids or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just you just do that right awesome what kind of a student were you in school <gasps> i was excellent <laughs> i really was i was <laughs> i you know and i was one of these that did everything i was supposed to do and <laughs> yeah did you do I, anything you weren't supposed to do I can't think of one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's coming to mind. But, but uh. no, I, 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 I like school. You I were good at the, school. I was good at school. Mm-hmm. I was in the school plays. I was in the speech competition. I, I did a lot of things. In second grade, when we made butter. <laughs> did both genders make butter? Everybody made butter. Good. I think necessity of life but when it was all done my second grade teacher mrs johnson asked me would i draw a picture showing us making butter so i was sort of asked to do that (laughs) (laughs) and could you draw that's what a good student i was yeah did you pull it off all the directions i did i wish i still had that picture. i haven't seen that one (laughs) where is that butter drawing (laughs) um what were the kind of extracurriculars that you know were that were available for both genders when you were well, growing up? Not sports, of course. Uh, girls didn't, you know, do that. Um, well, we played uh, softball and volleyball and all that in gym. But I was a cheerleader. Yeah, <laughs> oh, sure. that was sort of the uh-huh. the physical sporty thing that you could do then okay. as a as a female. Okay, so. Seventh grade through twelfth grade, we were all in one school. Actually, first grade through twelfth grade, one school building. Wow. No, no kindergarten. And what was the expectation, like, after after high school for you, that you had for yourself, or maybe your family had for you? Well, I went off to college. Yeah. Is that got my college degree, and it's like, you know, you were going to be a teacher or or a nurse. There were certain careers at that time that were. Just yeah, kind of yeah. I went expected into fields to go into? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I went into Where did it. you go then? I went to Gustavus for two years, and I graduated from the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. Okay. Education. With an education degree? That's a long story, too. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, my goodness. Well, pour another <laughs> glass and tell us that story. <laughs> well, no. I had... Well, I, you tell me. You... Uh, Gary didn't grow up in Murdoch. Maybe you no. tell him where you yeah. grew up. Yeah, where'd you grow <laughs> well, up? Well, wait, wait, at what point in your life did you guys meet? Where did the paths that cross? That was uh, when uh, we were both, uh, was what, your second year out of 
college? First year. Okay. Me. First year. Okay. Summer after the second, first year. All right. So okay. the, let's and backfill I, then. What did Gary do growing up? And then we'll get to the point where you okay. guys met. Because that yeah. seems very interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With that reaction, I'm ready. There was a hand movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up in um, Brooklyn, Minnesota, uh, Iowa, Grinnell, Iowa. Okay. Am, uh, no, it was Brooklyn, then Hampton, then Grinnell, um, and then Minneapolis. And why are the moving? Yeah. My dad is a serial entrepreneur. He went from one business to another business to another business. What kinds of businesses are we talking uh, let's about? Let's see. Well, Brooklyn, Iowa, he was a farmer. Okay. Uh, Hampton, Iowa, he was a, um, a hybrid hog company, breeders. Um, and then uh, Grinnell, it was a hybrid seed corn company. And then they sold out to Cargill, and Cargill moved him to Minneapolis. Oh, and then you moved to... And then he uh, found out about a boat company of Little Falls, bought that half, half of that company, and we moved to Little Falls. Uh, Crystal Piers Marine? It was uh, Larson <laughs> Boat Works. Larson Boat? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But Interesting. So that's okay. why we kept moving around. Okay. Gary's, Gary's told this story about uh, they were farmers, and he, his dad came home one day from town. He had been visiting with the, the seed corn people, and he came back, and he told Gary's mom, well, they thought they offered me a job to do something else, and she said, you get right back in there, and you tell them you'll take that job. <laughs> she wanted off the farm. <laughs> yeah. And so they did. At least that's the story that's we've heard. That's how we end up in Hampton, Iowa. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's a hard life. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, what was uh, what was it like having a dad that was a serial entrepreneur? Did you did you notice it, or was it just because you'd grown up that way? It was just kinda your reality. It? It's just kind of the way it is. Uh, I think we counted up. I lived in was it twenty two places by the time I was out of college. Really? Wow, that's yeah. quite a bit. But yeah. was he around a lot? You know, uh, depending on which place we were. Okay, um, and. Larson Boats took him away from home a lot. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, and, uh, but when he worked for Cargill, I, I don't remember him being gone all that much. No. Sure. And uh, do you have siblings? You have, you have mm-hmm. uh, uh, two sisters and a brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Nancy? I have, um, there's three sisters in my family and one brother. He's the youngest. Okay. Older sister, 16 months older, me, my sister Pam, mm-hmm. Pam, and my brother Reed. Okay. Five of, four of us. <clears throat> yep. Sure. And what was school like for you, Gary? I wasn't a real good student. <laughs> okay. No. You no. just, you, you just went just, to school then where? Wait, maybe I. Uh, you went to the University of Minnesota for a couple of years and then went to St. Cloud State. High school, high school was in. Oh, high school was in Little Falls. Okay. okay. Uh, jun- I, middle, junior high was in Edina. Okay. I grew up in Piers, Gary. Did you oh, you know really? where Piers is? Yes, of course I do. Oh, we're just so we're yeah. close neighbors, yeah. Little Falls. Near and yeah. dear. Okay, so in school in Great high school, school was in Grinnell. Tyler needs a Were time you out. excited to move from Edina to Little Falls? Do you remember finding out about the move? <laughs> um You know, I, I I don't remember having a lot of thought about it, to okay. be honest with you. Because I had, you know, grade school was one place. Junior high was another place. It was just sure. kind of the way life was. Got it. 
And so yeah. you, you get to Little Falls and your dad is, um, I'm assuming he bought in or bought the whole thing? He bought half of the company. Okay. And, but now it demands a lot of his time every day. Oh, yeah. And um, what, what, was the, what was the expectation for you from mom about school? Was she hard? Pre- I, I don't remember a lot of pressure, no. Okay. His good education was at the boat plant. He'd go I, after school. I went oh, wow. after school out okay. to the plant. And uh, dad got me doing a thing called a productivity report at age 14 <laughs> or 15. Wow. And um, uh, I went out there every night and talked to each of the foremen in the plant and found out what they produced that day. And then I... No, you're fine. Excuse me. No problem. I did a uh, spreadsheet back before you had computers. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that was one time that dad and I had a lot of connection because we... I would... After I completed the spreadsheet, I'd take it into his office and we'd sit down and discuss... What each department was doing and how well they were doing, and how In, much into the evening. Well, into time to go home for supper. Okay, yeah, got it. Fourteen years old though. Well, fifteen, 15. sixteen. I by sixteen he moved me into the uh, uh, showroom. Got a promotion to, yeah. sell, to sell boats. Which oh. did you like better, doing the books or selling was easy? Okay, yeah, yeah, it wasn't much work to it at all. <laughs> okay, because you had a good product, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, people right. are excited to buy boats. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure they're excited about buying them from a 16-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. But they thought you didn't know anything. Yeah. Oh, of course. But I sold more than the guy that was there working <laughs> full-time. So mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Do you remember anything about your, your parents' relationship? Um, I'm assuming he worked a lot, but or was it, you know... Oh, he was, he was totally dedicated to family. Got yeah. it. He really was. Was able to balance yeah. somehow. Yeah. Great. Yeah. The the boat business took him away to, sh- you know, he'd have to go to New York for the New York boat show and Chicago for the Chicago boat show. And, you know, and so he was away sometimes during those times. But Sure. I so still you- had to give him my productivity report on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so he knew you weren't slacking. That's right. <laughs> So, so you when you, you oh, when got did, to, oh, I thought you were going to say, when did you meet? Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. getting there, Nancy. Okay. So when you were watching your dad kind of be a part of all these companies, was a piece of you thinking, maybe I can do that someday. Maybe I can run something or start something. I got to admit, I don't think I really thought about yeah. it much. At no. 16, maybe not. Yeah. So you, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure at 16. Fair enough. So Get then you, the went off, you went off to school, to college, mm-hmm. thinking... You were going to do what? What did what did you plan to do? Well, I, I, you know, I tried to get business courses. Is what I was shooting for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess maybe in that sense, I I knew it was business I wanted to be in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Were you in athletics at all? No. Extracurriculars? No. Nope. No. Nope. Sang in the choir. I sang in the <laughs> choir in high school, and I was uh, what was what do they call that? Um, training Man- manager, Trainer? manager manager manager. Training manager, manager with the high school football team. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. 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 You rode the bus and had to keep book and do <laughs> yeah, things like right, that. Yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to let Too you Too small ask. to play. Oh, yeah. sure. That's why your brain is still working yeah. so well at your age. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. so I think we've gotten there uh-huh. to the point in college. You said you were sophomores? Say, say, I think it was after my freshman year, maybe after his second year. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. It's, it's How did this go down? It's, it's, 
It's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. You're, I, you're at a club. <laughs> yeah, right. No, a nightclub. No, no. We I both see. went to work at Madden Lodge, Madden Ooh. Resort oh, cool. up in Brainerd. Up in yeah. Brainerd. Where Gary's family has a lake place. So we went there. And um, I, it was so quirky that we went there because I didn't even know Madden. I'd never heard of it. Uh-huh. And um, a, a roommate had gotten an application and she was going to fill it out and apply for the summer and in the end she decided she didn't want it and she said here does anybody else want to <laughs> apply for Madden's <laughs> oh, a guy took it and I filled it out and another roommate Patty Anderson her dad had been the governor of Minnesota at one time oh, wow. and he was from Brainerd so he knew the Maddens so we got to I got to put his name down. It went to the top of the pile, I bet. Yeah, but he but you know, I mean, how I was with his daughter. Right. So so it could have just not happened, but mm-hmm. we both were there. Yeah. That it, summer I was the desk clerk, one of the desk clerks. Okay. And um uh one of the guys came in and he said, right. One of the new girls is down on the dock that just came in. And you said, so I'll go get her. Take, watch, watch the doc, or watch the desk for me a little bit. And I went out. I'm going to go I, scope it out. But I didn't have enough guts to even go talk to her. I just went out and looked and then went back into the I'm interested. Yeah. Around. <laughs> but you know what? We, we kind of dated a bit that summer or whatever you called it at Madden's. And, um, and then we didn't see each other all winter. Because yep. you had to go back to school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were still like a Stavis. Yeah, and then I switched to the university because he was there, and then he moved to St. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, playing hard to get. You yep. playing hard to get. From the beginning. It, it worked out. And so um, that you moved, did you purposely transfer to yes, the cities? sort of. <laughs> okay. She's never admitted, admitted Here, what that were you before. doing then? You were going away. <laughs> yeah. You, well, well, you know what? We were thinking... Uh, another uh, friend too. We both transferred, and it was like, ah, let's. We're ready for the city, you know. So we we both went. Yeah, and and, and you know the fact that Gary was there was just sort of a. Well, how did we? Oh, we didn't get back together till we got back to Madden's then the next year. She went back for. Her, we both went back uh, for another year at Madden's, and you were just living with friends in Brainerd, or well, Madden says I'll. Um, it, they house their uh, employees. Drone, yeah, they a house dormitory. their employees. They oh, have they a dormitory. Oh, oh, cool. I didn't know that. And my family has a cottage on on Galls, right? Mm-hmm. Right near so Madden's. So we, I lived there, and she yeah. lived in the dorm. Sure. Did you ever have any late night gatherings at the parents' place? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple. Yeah, a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so oh, you cool. Get- so Madden's is a special place for you guys. Yes, oh, it is. Yeah. And it's interesting that <clears throat> you know we still go there all the time. You because do because the yeah. lake place is right there. You have to drive through Madden's to mm-hmm. get to the lake place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's special. Very cool. Yeah. And some other family members, Gary's sister met her husband there, too. Yeah. And a couple of our kids worked there, too. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's still going strong. It today. is. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's better and bigger and yeah. be- more beautiful than ever. More expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Times change. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of how Melvin's was for my wife and I. Oh. You know, we we had ki- we were kind of dating, but then when we both worked there, um, it was things. We really spent a lot of time together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're in the you're in the you know the trenches together yeah. with a lot of that. So right. I have this old picture, and we we went to some of the people that uh, the women that ran the kitchen at Madden's. 
um, had everybody from all the employees out to their house one time. And we're, there's this picture of us all sitting around. I'm in that corner of the room. Gary's in this corner of the room. Mostly females in there, but you could, Gary's looking at me. I'm looking at him. But I don't think we <laughs> oh, really were. were. I don't think we really were. But in the picture, it, it sure just looks happened that way. way. <laughs> it was probably the first. Oh, yeah, it was cute. Very cute. So I left mm-hmm. it out when I ran across it one day. <laughs> so you guys meet and start dating, and then you said Gary moved to St. Cloud. Yes. Yeah. What I was Gary know. doing in St. Cloud? Going to school and going to school. And I, 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 I think other things too, but I don't know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> other things or people? What are we talking I about don't here? Know. He was living with some guys in a trailer. Also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You the way boys from, do. Yeah, you yeah. can take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But you transferred to St. Cloud? Mm-hmm. And then we were married in 1965. 65, yeah. Okay. And when did you graduate from college? Uh, I, I graduated well, after she, we were married. Because of the transfer, I lost some credits, so sure. I had to go to summer school. Okay. And at the end of 65, I had been in there for four years, <laughs> right? <laughs> I figured that was enough. <laughs> I've done it. So I've he, done my time. Yeah. yeah. So. And so I, would, I was ready to go to work. I, I didn't want well, college anymore. Yeah. Then um, six months, nine months, I think, after we were married, Gary got drafted. Wow. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was interesting. That had to have been a very emotional an adjustment time. and tough. Yeah. And how did you, how, how did you find out? How did it happen? Oh, they just send you a letter. Well, your numbers came up, your you number know, they came drew up. numbers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they gave him the option to. Well, I, I went to see a recruiter and um, signed up for three years in Alaska so that. I had some control over what was going sure. to happen. Because if you were drafted, it was a two-year commitment. Mm-hmm. But if you made a three-year commitment, then you could choose where you'd want to go. And oh, because wow. of the the Vietnam War at the time, yeah. we thought, well, maybe that would be better, three sure. years. So he he went off to Fort Leonard Wood. He went out to Fort Sam Houston, where he learned how to be a medic. And, <laughs> and then we went to Alaska. And, and you followed him around to these places? No, I didn't no. go to those two places. Okay. But she was I did, still in college. I was still that. finishing oh, up. And sure. I went to Alaska, Anchorage, and then I taught school there in, in Anchorage. And mm-hmm. our first son, Chris, was born in Alaska. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So, Gary, I feel a lot safer around you now that you've been trained as a medic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, the Army made a mistake. In that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah I, I spent my time driving an ambulance and that kind of stuff. But it, yeah, setting up. Um, they were in a field hospital, so it was all packed away, and occasionally they'd take it all out and set it all up. <laughs> yeah, once a quarter we had to put it up and. But you weren't deployed. No. no. Okay. Okay. Nope. How about that? So, yeah. So uh, you know, we set the hospital up and tore it down. Set it up and tore it down. Did it over and over again. What was it like at the time with the Vietnam War going on? I mean, I, I, I don't know that I have any parallel sense of what that was like, but socially and politically. and Well, there was a lot of turmoil at that time. There were mm-hmm. a lot of protesters. And Were there people like hard on both sides, kind of oh. like there are now? 
You know, uh, I only remember the the side that was anti uh, Vietnam. And maybe that's yeah. That's all I remember, yeah. but maybe that's because I was in the army at the time. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you treated differently when you were out, maybe in public, if people saw that you were in the military? You know, don't you recall? I don't think I remember much about that. Do you? No. And you know, Alaska, maybe it was different there than sure. a bit. Yeah. yeah, the city could be. But Gary has been um, very quiet about having served in the military. Yeah, and <clears throat> in church, you know, if they say, "Oh, it's stand up if you served," and he never would stand up ever. <laughs> well, then one time, Owen, our little grandchild, mm-hmm. when he was in first grade, he asked Gary. Would you come to school with me on Veterans Day? And Gary said, "You can't say no to your <laughs> grandson." No. <laughs> yeah, he mm-hmm. did. How did you feel about that? Oh, it was great. I enjoyed it. I really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, yeah, he said, "Oh, the kids shook his hand and mm-hmm. said thank you and and yeah." And Owen asked him again if he could yeah. come this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he had to go again. Wow. <laughs> so wow. sometimes yeah. it takes something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, not that you were really anti-military or anything, but I think it no. was just <clears throat> when you realize how many years some people have put in and sure. what they've sacrificed. What's three years in Alaska? You know. Sure. Yeah, I had it pretty nice, really. Yeah. Compared to Matter of fact, I would recommend uh, <laughs> when somebody's newlyweds, newlyweds like we were, uh, to go off and do something like that because it kind of. It, yeah. it got our marriage started right, I think. Yeah. It, being away from family and just it was just the two of us up there in Alaska. Not a whole yeah. lot going on, so it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then AKY the firstborn, yeah, yeah. And you know, we had lots of good friends that, and we they were our Christmas family and our Easter family yeah. and Thanksgiving family. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. It was too far to go. You couldn't go home for right Thanksgiving. Right. So after Alaska phase, is the next phase Wilmer? Well, no. No? Uh, we came back from Alaska, and my dad still had Larson. Well, he had sold Larson, and then he bought it back. And when we came out, of, when we got out of the Army, uh, uh, he had Larson Industries again. Okay. And um, uh, so I went to work for Larson Industries for how long was that? A year know. or so. And, uh, in Little Falls. It, no, in no, Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Oh, in Minneapolis. They had okay. an office in Minneapolis. By then, they had Larson Boats and Northland Skis and Brinkton to, uh, tool, uh, tool pa- <laughs> pool tables. It's the and, wine. <laughs> and and Rolite camper trailers. And they had a whole wow. bunch of products. Okay. And, and so I worked for them for a while. And then uh, we had a, a plastic thermoforming company that went under down in Chicago. And so we bought that. And moved to Chicago in 1970. Moved to Chicago. And that's where Adam was born. Okay. okay. All three of our kids, each was born in a different state. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a difference between Alaska to Minneapolis Chicago, and Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and what, were, what were you doing, in, I mean, as part of this company? Um, I was in charge of purchasing okay. and quoting. I did the bids Mm -hmm. it was a uh, job shop kind of uh, company if you needed to have that some plastic part made um sure we would figure out how how to make it and then we quote a price for you sure so it's mostly business 
business to business. Yes, were, it was. Okay. We made uh, plastic canoes, plastic car top carriers, plastic dashboards for General Motors, um, uh, plastic grills for uh, trucks, yeah, lots of different All things. kinds of things. Yeah. And was this, what about what time... What year was this? 1970 well, to 1975. Right, because Adam was born in 72. Okay. Was there a pretty high demand for pr- plastic products at that time? Well, we had, yeah, we had a lot of business. We really did. Okay. Yeah. General Motors uh, came out with the Chevy Monte Carlo, and we made the dashboard for Chevy Monte Carlo. Oh. Wow. That's pretty neat. Nancy, you're raising two kids in uh, Chicago. What's that like? <laughs> well, actually, we lived... Out of the city of ways. In we the suburbs. In Winfield. West? Winfield, right yep. next to Wheaton. Okay. okay. So it was west of the city, yeah. And Were you staying at home with the kids then? I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Chris started, went to kindergarten there. And like I said, Adam was born there. Yeah. It was good. So in a sense, you were kind of like the way you were raising your kids now was how... At least Gary was raised as far as moving a little bit. I, yeah, maybe that's true until we There's got some here. some correlation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, once they started school, we were pretty much in one place. Okay. I mean, they went to school, Wilmer, you know, kindergarten through 12th, except for Chris. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, in so 1975, we sold the company to, uh, and uh, so we, I, we were busy trying to find something else to do. Mm-hmm. All right. And, uh, so well, you sold this company and you're out of a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was the next thing? Banking. We, banking. <laughs> and Here I, it Minnesota. comes. Yeah. Okay, How did explain you that story. Yeah. I need Bank. to know. Well, <laughs> back in the early 60s, my father had sold Larson to Brunswick Corporation. And then he went into Minneapolis and went to Carl Polad and said, you got any companies for sale? Because I, I'm... The owner of the Minnesota Twins. Yep. Yeah, and he also owned Marquette Bank, and and um, uh, Carl didn't have any companies that really. Did they know each other? Well, I, don't, I really, have, honestly, don't know how I, they met. They must have known each other somehow. Well, but anyway, um, uh, Carl Polad was trying to buy banks at that time, and he said, "Why don't you um, help me buy some banks while while we're looking for a company for you?" And um, so dad got involved in buying banks. So when in 19, this is 10 years later, uh, we, or 12 years later, I uh, wanted to move back to Minnesota. And um, uh, dad said, well, I, there's, I know some bankers, and there's a bank for sale in Pennock, Minnesota. And you're like, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd gone to Murdoch <laughs> It's next to Murdoch. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 It was a little was. familiar then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so that's how it happened. And so you became a banker and knew exactly what you were doing. Yeah, fortunately, um, we found that the correspondent banker in Minneapolis introduced us to a guy named Herb Slagerman. And Herb, Herb was a retired banker that was ready to go back to work for a while. And he came and worked for me for two years and taught me what to do. You moved from the suburbs of Chicago <laughs> to, to Pannock. Pannock. You're right. And then comes the next <clears throat> child. But yep, this is, you're right. But this, is, <laughs> this is closer to your home. Yes, it is. We Which were is right exciting. down Highway 12. Right, right. Yeah. And were you excited to come back? I was. I thought it was great. Oh, good. Yeah. 
Can I, I want to talk about kind of about the conversations that you have as a couple when these different business things are moving, we're happening. How, how would, would you sit down at the kitchen table if the kids are in bed and have a glass of wine? Well, or when Gary or? comes home and says, honey, well, I, I think I'm going to buy a bank. I can tell you, um, um, and I think that was fine because, you know, we, story to tell, we were coming back to Minnesota, you know, mm-hmm. which is where we're from. And yeah. you wanted to be closer to your family. That was good. But after we had been in Pennock for a few years, um, Heritage Bank had some banks in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And one day Gary said, you know, I'm thinking, maybe we should move to Iowa. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, that wasn't really the final word. And I said, you know what, Gary? I am tired of walking into a room of people where I don't know a soul. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you don't have, you're good, you're good, you're good at that. You don't have any. But it takes effort. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And it takes time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know how many times I can do that. And your kids are going to school. Yep. And, and at, as it happened, not because I wasn't for it, but I think in the end it just... Oh, went. you had influence. A lot of influence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The original conversation, though, when he first decided to buy the one bank in Pennock, were you all for it? Well, I guess because... Like I said, we were coming back to mm-hmm. Minnesota. That so, helped the location. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How much did you guys talk about? Did you guys ever talk about like numbers and we're going to buy this and here's what it's well, going to look Gary's like? Well, Gary's dad was, you know, buying it. And then it wasn't until about how many years later that we bought it. Okay. So you're running the bank. Yes. Got it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we invested in at the same time as he did. But, yeah, okay. But, but okay. he but we bought him out later. Later. Yep. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So that you know, that takes some of the scariness, I think, away from it. He you helped know, us when you're it. young and Oh sure. Uh, I mean we were young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. How old were you? Guys yeah, at what that age point? are we talking? <laughs> Let's see. I was thirty two when Luke was born. I was thirty three, I think. So I was thirty two when Luke was born and he was born after we moved to Pennock. Okay. So you, you were around like age 30? Well, 30. He, you were probably, he's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can tell. Yeah, I yeah. thought you could. <laughs> I, I think I was 33 when we came okay. back. Okay, all right. Yeah. Was he? Okay. So. I have to do the work on the math. <laughs> <laughs> You're a banker, the math. Yeah, yeah. Details. Yeah, so, no, we were, we were glad to be back. It was nice. But I think all of those experiences make you who you are. Uh-huh. You know, and. Wherever you just, there's no sense sitting around saying, however, maybe if we'd gone to Iowa, I would have said that. (laughs) Anyhow, you know, I mean, you got to make it the best you can because that's the way it is, you know. What were, uh, I'm just curious now, what were the first few years of running the bank like? Like, what kind of emotions, what kind of problems, what kind of... I don't know, all that stuff. Well, it, it was a very small bank, mm-hmm. very small. And I do remember going home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon to mow the lawn one time, and I thought, this is not <laughs> a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I decided I had to do something more. To, and that's when I started looking for some other ways to grow the business because okay. it just wasn't big enough. Yeah. So what were then and the other ways were buying other heritage bank locations? Yeah. Yeah. But when when we came there, you know, 
I sometimes think back and I think, what do you think the people in Pennock thought? Yeah. Did they, did they want to withdraw their money from the bank? You know, here comes this person that really, really Gee, young. I never thought that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you just wonder. And Gary had, um, he had um, a woman that was an insurance agency woman that sat in the lobby. Her name was Muriel Carlson, later Muriel Strum. And Muriel had grew up in that area. She knew everybody. everybody. So Gary would sit in his office, <laughs> in his corner office, and he would see somebody come into the bank, and he'd dial up Muriel, and he'd say, who, who is, is that, that person? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me their name. How Tell many kids do they have? Yeah, right? yeah. That's kind of usually what I do to Tyler when we go to events. I'm like, yeah. who's that? Yeah. Yeah. And Muriel, of course, knew everybody. And yep. so, she yeah. was a lot of help. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> well, when it comes to that, you had mentioned that you're comfortable going into a crowd mostly and chatting and all of that. Is that how do you are you not that way, Gary? Is no. that not naturally your way? A little, little way. more no. introverted. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Much more. But you know, I I think you, you learn from that. Like I said, I, I didn't want to go into a room where I didn't know anybody. When we go to bank meetings, national bank meetings, and <clears throat> I kind of made up my mission when I'd look around the room and I'd see somebody over there all by themselves that I would go up and talk to them. Mm -hmm. Because you know how it is when you're new and nobody knows you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I thought, I'd say to Gary, see that couple over there? They're all by themselves. Maybe it was their getaway and they wanted to go. <laughs> I don't know. But I said, let's go over and talk to them. Sure. Because I think that's important. I mean, oh, the world needs more you, yeah. Nancy. Yeah, right. mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. So you decide to start expanding or buying more banks. Are you buying them from your dad? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, no. We um, we bought um, Citizens National Bank of Wilmer. Okay, which is the one that had that Wilmer Eight. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Problem. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, that uh, that was a wonderful move. It really worked out well for us. But uh, we had um, it took a while to get things working, but we mm -hmm. did. Yeah, mm -hmm. it worked well, and. Uh, then we uh, opened up a branch of our own uh, in Spicer. And then uh, a couple of years later, we uh, were able to buy the Raymond Bank. And uh, so, you know, it just... Sure seems like you had things figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just kind of stumbled through it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you are running multiple banks after you have the... You said you bought a, the bank in Benson? No. Oh, uh, Raymond. Raymond. Raymond, I'm sorry. Raymond. Raymond. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, how, how old are the kids at this point when you have, when four, you have multiple Four banks? locations. Yeah. Three kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I told you we lost track it's of It's a blur. <laughs> it's a blur. <laughs> we yeah. did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what year did you move into um, Wilmer? 82? 80... Uh, Four, I think it was. So our, our oldest mm -hmm. child graduated in 87. Okay. 87, 90, 95. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they worked a little bit at the bank, too. Sure. But it didn't take. No. <laughs> I, uh, I often say I cured take. them from banking. <laughs> I like that. By having them work when they were in high school. I always said I was in 
the theater. I worked at the barn theater for 11 years, you know. Yeah. And so I said, oh, the kids thought I was having a lot more fun than he was. So <laughs> yeah. They decided to go to the artsy side, I guess. Well, yeah. Luke is the only one that I know okay. and of, of your kids, and he is extremely creative person. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. He wasn't running productivity reports. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was, did he run the proof machine or something yeah. back then? Yeah. yeah. But um, so, yeah. what was it like running multiple banks or being involved in that? And then you got kids that are growing up and are in activities and running around. And was it stressful you know, or was it fine? I um, I do. I always told. Nancy and myself, if by 6 o'clock I don't know if I can get away from the bank, I'll give you a call. But I usually was home was by always, 6. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I worked really hard at doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something you probably don't regret as a dad. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No. I would say he was very good about being involved in their things, all their activities. and Yeah. He was always there. We should ask them that question. <laughs> I wonder if they wonder that. Yeah. yeah. It's challenging. I mean, from having having the day job and then I'm dad basically from 4.30 to about 9 okay. every day. And then the kids are in bed. Yeah. And then I'll work on this thing. And sometimes I'm messaging you. You know, yeah. sometimes I'm working until you know midnight or 1 o'clock yeah. in the morning, a few few nights a week just to mm-hmm. get through it all. But, but just, just be grateful. Yes. You know, that's... It, occasionally we need to pause and say, yeah, I know I'm busy, and but I'm grateful. You know, I have my Absolutely. family, I have my job, I have job something that I, like. I like to yeah. do, right? That's exactly. what I was going right. to say. <clears throat> and sometimes we get caught up so much in the day-to-day, we forget to say, this is great, you know, this is right. fun. So It's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what I was trying to say, is I've said this before, is, Sometimes when it's 11.30 or midnight and I'm tired and why yeah. am I doing this? But I chose this yes, yeah. and I get to do this because right. there are people around the world today that don't live in a country like this yeah. that can decide, you know what, I'm going to stay up and work a little harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did my dad time. I didn't. I was didn't. wrestling on the floor. Yeah. I was doing all the things. And now I get to. now I get a chance to go and build something new. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people get, get to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or have yeah. gotten to do that in right. history. So it's, uh, it is kind of a blessing to be able to do that. And yeah. one neat thing about banking, I think, is that I, I always felt like being a part of the community and yeah. doing community-related things was a big part of my job. Mm-hmm. And so the Chamber of Commerce or the uh, CEO thing or um, all United of those Way. different United Way, yeah, whatever, um, the downtown, what was that called? Downtown something. Uh, all those Council. different volunteer programs. Yep. I feel that was part of my job, and those were fun. And I enjoyed yeah, them. not just part of your job, but what you wanted to do because yeah. you were part of this community. Right. And right. this is where you lived and you made your living, and you wanted to. Give something give back. back to that yeah. community. Yeah, yeah, you definitely right. instilled that. Like Heritage Bank still has a strong culture that speaks to the community-driven mindset for sure. Right, right. Yeah. This is not- our, our motto was always, uh, see if I can remember now, uh, <laughs> that um, helping people succeed financially. Mm-hmm. Right. And I always had a little tagline when I that uh, that means our you know, customers, 
our employees and our stockholders. Mm-hmm. Helping people. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Right. I can say I've been at three different banks in Wilmer throughout my, because I was born and raised here. Okay. And um, my parents were the people that introduced to me after college to Heritage Bank. That's where they moved to. Okay. From a different bank. And I started there, and now I don't think I'll – this is not me saying this because you're sitting there. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is markedly different than each of the other two experiences I've had. Markedly different. Mm. And this is a testament to your employees, you know, and, and the mm-hmm. culture and everything. But I, when I walk in and they know my first name and – I've had their kids in class, or I had them in class at this yeah, point right. now in my career. Oh dear! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and it's I don't. It's this maybe it's the small town feel or something like that. But um, yeah. that was not. It was not like that at my previous experience. Mm-hmm. You know, previous banks. Was, yeah, wasn't that way. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, that's very nice. That's, so, oops. go ahead, no. Gary. Some total of your years from start in. Um, where, where was it? Murdoch? That's me. No, Pennock. Pennock. From start in Pennock to the end of the retirement in Heritage Bank, how many years is that scope? Let's see. Um, 75 to, and I can't remember which year I retired. That's um, because I don't think you actually retired. <laughs> <laughs> it was more of a progression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it started in 1975. Okay. 40-ish years. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little, little over 40. That is a long, long time to yeah. be doing the same, you know, well, it's not the same thing, but be working in the same That's industry and the say. same. It's not the same thing. Right. Know? And even over right. those well, years, how much the banking business changed. Right. Right. You know, so every day it's something new. What, well, so what part of that did you love? What, what part of it made you go like excited to do the work every single day? Spreadsheets for forty years. Yes, for forty years, he's a big guy in spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, I still like doing spreadsheets. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, just playing with the numbers and trying to figure out how to make it work. And you know, yes. Gary, Gary was always one that we would go to bank meetings. Uh, you know, national bank meetings, usually community bank meetings because mm-hmm. that's where community bank and. You would get new ideas there. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, this is... But he would try to incorporate that. And he'd try to say, what's the new thing? What's coming next? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen next? Forward thinking. Yeah. So he would take some of those things and incorporate them into into the bank. Where I think some people are like, yeah, no, we're making some money. We're doing okay. That's a phase. Yeah, that's that's a phase. It's going going okay. (laughs) But it's like when, when he heard about the CEO through the Southwest Initiative Foundation. Um, and he came back and got it going. Some man that was also at that same meeting as Gary was, that was on the board of a Southwest Initiative Foundation, he said one time, and I thought this was interesting, he said, oh, we all were so enthused when we heard that man talking about CEO. We just thought it was just a great thing. But he said, the only one that did anything about it was Gary. <laughs> the rest of them didn't, didn't take it back, even totally. though they thought it was good. So... That speaks to the type of person that you are, for sure. And I think that's what keeps banking into interesting, mm-hmm. you know, is saying, how can we, what, how, what we can do to make it better? Yeah. I'm, I'm that sorry, mindset. That mindset. Okay for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking fine. for you. That's First fine. time ever I've spoken for him. 
true. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but I, I, I'll oh. say that Gary is the person. He, Gary, you're sort of my. I hope I'm. I hope I'm like you when I when I have grandkids because you always have the newest Apple Watch. You always have the newest. <laughs> phone. And I I show up to the board meetings or CEO board meetings. I'm like, Gary got the new one. <laughs> yeah. it. And let's not forget what else Gary has. <laughs> I don't want to talk yes. about. I don't want to talk about it's the car. I ready to trade my. I can trade my car in. I give it to you, and I'll go get a new one. Tyler's eyes. No, no say wait a minute. Not give, sell. He's a banker. Remember, yeah. There are margins. You the truck? Are you interested in the truck? No, I'm not interested. Okay, in the okay. Truck. But but you want a Model S, don't you? Yes, yes. I do. Yes, because, I thought so. Because As a logger. Range. I have ang- range anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your 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 Tesla grandparent range anxiety because yeah, I feel is, like this is pretty niche. Really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I don't know the the grandkids they like to ride in that car too, but um, because of the fart machine. The fart machine. Well, <laughs> and it's like you're. It's also like you're on the Rainbow Road of Nintendo sixty four or like whatever when they were kids. Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario yeah, Kart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that thing is amazing. But, you know, um, <laughs> we do have some, uh, uh, some issues because I worry when we go to Minneapolis, we have come home with 22 miles on that car. Left. It, left. <laughs> you know that? And you can't say, uh, could you go into the next town and bring us a gas can of gas? <laughs> right. Because you don't have that option. Yep. But you got to trust the system. Bring huh? a generator with? Could, I mean, yeah. could you do that? It would take like eight uh, hours, but... I, yeah, probably would take yeah. eight, eight, ten hours. It, yeah. it works well if we stay overnight in Minneapolis because we know a hotel that has a great place to plug it in. Yep. A couple but, of hotels. Yeah. Well, can we talk... I, okay, so I wanted to get to the Tesla eventually, and we're here. But there was a conversation, because, and you, I talked to you about this maybe a couple of years ago or whenever you first got it, and you... You had said he, you could tell he was interested in buying it, but it wasn't something naturally that may, naturally that maybe he would do. And you said, you know what? You go and buy it. You've never <laughs> bought it. You've never <laughs> bought something like this before. Yeah, you should I, tell me. Tell us about that. Well, I don't. I'm, well, really, I mean, I think Gary has been fairly conservative in <laughs> car buying. Yep. And I just think after all these years, that was you know, if he wants a Tesla. That he should have a Tesla, but he thinks I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you driven it? <laughs> I have driven it a number of times. Yes. And you can drive it. You can drive it just like a regular <laughs> car if you want. <laughs> so. You don't have to punch it every time. No. no. But uh, not- this is a funny story. You're going to like this. Last year's class. So you, we, we, uh, you, we, you know, we meet you on the first day with our students, and we'll get into CEO in a second here, but. Um, and they, we were driving away from class at some point, maybe from the radio station or something like that. And they said, I stopped, I was stopped and I saw it was Gary next to us. And then I was going to wave and he just went, and, he <laughs> and I couldn't even keep up with him. Yeah. Gary moves faster than light in that thing. <laughs> well, sometimes we'll take off and I'll think, oh, we must be going 75 and I'll look over and it's only 55, but it does take off quite Very rapidly. Quick. Yeah. It's quick. Your son took me for a ride in that thing. And, and Luke took, I was there. Yeah, you took pictures. <laughs> I was in the back seat. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, I sat there the and I'd never, I, I had driven one for prom and I parked cars at the prom, but I'd yeah. never really driven one before or ridden in one. And so I'm sitting there and he comes up to a stoplight 
And and he said, all right. And this is Luke. He doesn't get overly excited about things. Very <laughs> right. similar to but you. But he'll prompt you. Yeah. And yeah. he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fast now. You know. And yeah. boom. Okay. I've been in fast cars before. <laughs> and punched it. And from the get go, from the line, yeah. it is extreme. It accelerates extremely fast. And I remember I felt it, and I looked over, and I thought in my head. If I was a 16-year-old girl, I would say yes to going to the prom with you <laughs> yeah. after riding in this yeah. car. Well, I tell Gary, uh, you can set it on chill or standard or super duper. I don't think super duper is a word, but it's something like that. Yep. And <laughs> occasionally it gets on the wrong one. And I'm not kidding. I say to Gary, you need to tell me when you're going to step on it because your head goes back. It, it does. It, it, it totally does. It does, yeah. doesn't uh-huh. it? Throw yeah. out, so, and he can require an adjustment. I'm getting in the habit of saying, I'm going to pass this car in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the Model 3. If you get yeah, the Model yeah, S, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Gonna, Nancy's going to have whiplash, just just <laughs> permanent whiplash. I know. Yeah. But she'll have less anxiety because the range is yes, better. Yes, the range is yeah, better. Range is better. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you do talk to me when you're going to trade that, when you're going to sell that off. Oh, you, you make sure to talk to me about that business expense. Business expense. Yeah, yeah, yeah there right. you go. Um, <laughs> So when you when you first heard about CEO, it was from Craig Linbo, yeah, right? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. And was it something that instantly you were drawn to, or was it something that you had to talk with some people f- about first? I I, th- I thought it was very interesting right at the start, but um, I didn't know how you would ever get it and have become something in your community. Um, and so I I talked to our Heritage Breakfast Group um, about it, and there are twelve people in that organization, and 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 I actually got Craig to uh, get online with us and talk about it, and so they they got it directly from him, and by the end of that meeting, they said we have to do this in Wilmer, hmm. and uh, and they all looked at me when they said that. So <laughs> you got to do this, Gary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This was. Seven and a half years ago now. Wow, yes, I can't believe that's yeah. been that long. Yeah, a long time ago. Well, and you you had tra- kind of started a year before I was pulled in because you oh, kind of yeah. tried to start it at the college as well. Were you involved seven and a half years ago? So this would have been eight years ago? Yes, it would have been eight years ago when yep. you guys tried. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And, it, yeah, but it, it was so easy to do. That's the yeah. strange <laughs> part. But it's not easy for everybody, all the different communities to start. No. Yeah. It takes a collaborative community, right. Right? right? I mean, to some extent, like b- businesses that believe in, obviously support yeah, the we, mission, but want to build something together. We kind of stumbled into the right way to do it, I think. Yeah, okay. we did. I, you know, we got a, the Chamber of Commerce list of members and uh-huh. and went through the list and said, well, this is an entrepreneur, this is not an entrepreneur. And it makes a difference. It does. Yes. It does. And so we invited 300 uh, what we called entrepreneurs to lunch. And that was that was really 300? What, yes. Uh, we when we talk about having an entrepreneurial community, that's pretty impressive. 80 showed up. 80 of them showed up. Okay. And uh, but you know, it was free meals. So. Good margins. Gary paid too. for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You learned that trick from him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, he did. Yeah. He paid for yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. bought 80 people lunch and uh, they listened to our story, and by the end of that, we had probably fifty of our investors mm-hmm. already lined up. So, and it's interesting. When I think back on it, I had no authority at all 
to do that. Didn't ask permission. Didn't no. ask anybody if it was Had okay. Did you talk to the Never school? Talked to the, I did not oh. talk to a superintendent. I invited the superintendents to come for lunch. We had a meeting with the school people after the big one. Okay. All right. And that's probably the way it should be. That was the most intimidating talk I had given up to my in my life at, until that point. You mean when you talked to the school about it? When or? there were those 80 people sitting in the oh, room. And you, well, didn't you come with uh, Mr. or the... Uh, the superintendent. Superintendent. Yeah, that was the, that was the next meeting. Um, and uh, I, no, I wasn't at the big one. I wasn't at the 80-person one. Okay, but the I, next one. Yes, the next one was the one I was at with school people and business people that were already in. And all the business okay. people wanted it to happen. The school people learning about it pretty much for the first time. And... Um, that's when I just randomly got invited, and and uh, I'm glad. I don't it think it was at random. <laughs> I think he I had it all say, figured why out. Why did we choose Tyler? Uh, I am that this that more than anything else in my life outside of meeting my wife and having my kids is being involved in CEO has changed my life more than anything else. I was wow. born. I was born to great parents that I didn't control. Yeah. That was yeah. that was yeah. that was I was born that way, but. Um, kind of flogged my way through through high school and college and then met my wife and she liked me and said that she couldn't date losers so I had to get my stuff together <laughs> <laughs> and then she made me graduate but then after that and you know kids change your life more than anything yeah. but yeah um if in my career that is number I would not be sitting here if it wasn't for that mm -hmm. there's no way because what did you have for lunch that day um I ate at the Oaks I know Yep, yeah. um, it was the buffet, and it was fried chicken. <laughs> Why did you ask that question? Yep. Why did yep. you ask that? I don't know. Why did <laughs> when you start, when you were orchestrating all this CEO magic, did you know that Tyler was going to be a part of it, or like no, no, I'd never. How met did him. he get chosen? I'd never. Jer Jerry Kiergaard. Jerry Kiergaard brought the him. first three calls didn't Jerry. answer. So <laughs> yeah, right? Didn't yeah. you say? Yeah, that? Jerry Kiergaard. Didn't he ask decision. you to come and video something? Yeah, the principal came into yeah. my room and asked me to, middle of a Friday morning, yeah. 9.30 in the morning, hey, you got to come and do this, bring your camera, we just want to make a video. Okay, so I came. I had no intentions of, I, as soon as I heard the word business, I was out. I mentally checked out. He I wasn't listening to the meeting at no, all. No, I didn't listen to the meeting at all. The first maybe 15 minutes, but then I was, it was almost this exact time, it was December, Early December, I was in the fantasy football playoffs, and she knows all about me <laughs> in this. Anyway, and I so halfway through the meeting, I just started, you know, researching that because they were talking about business classes yeah. and they were talking about entrepreneurship, things that I, to me, were exceedingly boring. Well, when did you? Now I'm doing the interviewing. When did the, the light switch on or switch? About. 20 minutes later. Oh, okay. When, when, oh, when the light switched when on. You, when, I, when you decide, this might be something I'm interested in. I think that probably happened um, the, summer, the summer after that school year because I had agreed to take the job in that meeting. Okay. Didn't, didn't even know what the job was about. <laughs> okay. And, and it was a half-time job, so I was giving up my full-time job for a half-time job, and we had a kid on the way, or one kid and one kid on the way. And so... Um, I had to go home and tell my wife that. But then when I kind of started going to the meetings, and I, to be honest, I started realizing that I'm, well, I knew this already. I'm not an 
an overly organized spreadsheet person. That is not my talent. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm better with speaking and communicating with people and kind of I don't know schmoozing whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I started going to the CEO board meetings and meeting people and speaking, but I'd never spoke before, I realized that that was a role that fit my skill set way more than being a classroom teacher. Really mm-hmm. good. And I realized that in the summer. And then when I started the class, it just it was just natural. It was just felt right. exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. And you have a good class this year. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> he says that every year yeah. in December. Yeah. Yeah. December or January, those are tough months. Okay. Uh-huh. For them, not for me. Yeah. But I mean, they, they are, right now they're in the process of, we have to tear them down from all of their high school, well, their public school and kind of upbringing where every single thing that they've ever done, every, any meaningful work they've ever it. done, they've had direct instructions all of the parameters Mm -hmm. have been set steps one through 35 are all explicit and now i'm telling them guys you got to get to work and they're like well what do we do and i said i don't know but i feel like you should work harder (laughs) that's what i say parents have come up to gary and said and i'm sure you hear this over and over again too that this class has changed my kid's life and thank you yeah yeah you know and i don't know what it is that changes. Isn't that an amazing feeling, though? Yeah. But it says to me, wow. this is off the record, how does education need to change? Uh-huh. You're talking to someone that said that a lot on the record, okay. by the way. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to be for bashful sure. around yeah. here. He, sure. calls it, he called it disrupt ed. Yeah, yeah right. That's I want right. to disrupt right. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing is, education needs to change. I mean, exactly. that's the bottom line. Well, but. look at all the... I mean, yes, we say, oh, yeah, they're using technology and mm-hmm. such but the the idea is sort of the same right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the, i think i'm going to stand here and give you the information <laughs> it, it is the same if you do the research and education it's essentially the same thing that was started back in the late 1800s when they yeah. decided that they needed to educate factory workers to yeah. be able to work in the factory they got a bunch of college professors together and they had them plan out theoretically what would be the best for kids to learn and when subjects everything yeah it's exactly the, the same. same hasn't changed has yeah. not changed you, yeah. you look at the plans that these professors drew up chemistry and you know ninth grade yeah. or tenth grade year you know geometry ninth grade the, they're studies. identical yes identical to what was planned you know 130 years ago and the world's a little bit different now yeah you know, Do you hear back from many of the kids that have gone through this? I hear back from a lot of kids. And, you know, the kids that I hear back the most from are the ones that struggled the most in CEO. They're the ones that... Really? Yep. They're the ones that were, to be perfectly honest, the hardest kids for me to deal with. They were rebellious. They 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 struggled taking ownership of any of their own actions. They just wanted to blame everybody else for why they were struggling. And But then they'll contact me a year or two later or they'll come to the like the orientation meetings or our dinner mm-hmm. or the trade show and they'll come up and apologize and say, really? I'm so sorry, I wasted this opportunity. And there's some of my big, there's one student that I had two, three years, two or three years ago and he was the most difficult student I've ever had. But now he supports CEO and is more vocal than anyone, any other alumni we have. He tells really? everybody, you got to take this. He'll comment on everything. You've got to take this class. 
and he's apologized mul- well multiple times, but now I don't let him. You know, yeah, yeah. that's and interesting. I just, and I, I just tell him, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy yeah. you made it. Yeah, doesn't matter yeah. to me if you made no. it in the nine months of school. You made it now. Yeah, yeah. their perspective shifted the most. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. just takes time to learn. It. I mean, it just takes longer. To I learn. tell people a lot. I can't wait until there's a time when CEO is not needed. When, <laughs> when school does it all anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not coming anytime soon. No. Really? I think we need a spreadsheet. <laughs> I told I'm sure you. We do. Oh, geez, what yeah. are you and, and what the statistics would be about what the students have learned for over the last six years, is it now? What they've learned? Seven. What they're doing now. Oh, okay. After sure. six years ago. Yeah. And or after five years ago or after four years ago, right. how how is that going for them? Oh, how what, has it changed their what career? What are the paths? results? What are the sure. results? Because of that, having you, taken you this had, class? pretty easy to do. You had that video of the young woman. What was her name? Um, Kylie. What's her last name? Halverson. No. The oh Emily Shermack. Yes. It, oh yes. She was mm-hmm. in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, yep. or someplace, mm-hmm. and she was talking about. How, how much? She, yeah. How it, she's back to Minnesota, by the way. Okay. She moved back really? to Wilmer. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but that kind of thing is interesting. Well, we that keep, would be really. Should keep track of these. That would yeah, be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It would. Um, yeah, I think, and I think for a long for a long time, I know we're spending a lot of time on education, but um, for a long time, I thought we had to take all of the different classes of education and make them more like CEO. We had to work hard to make geometry more this way and Mm -hmm. you know history more this way and all of that because if we moved all of the classes that i think are borderline relevant Mm -hmm. you know it's hard to tell kids are important Mm -hmm. when none of us use them you know ever in our adult lives we take all of those and if we make them better then we'll raise the mean the average of school will become better but what i've realized is that that's you know, there's no return on investment for that. What you should do instead is make programs like CEO, the MAP class, some of these other classes and make them as successful as possible and tell as many stories as possible. And then those things will start to grow and it will change the opportunities that kids have in high school so that they have more CEO-like opportunities. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, just from natural selection, those electives or those other classes that aren't as valuable kind of start to fade away. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's good. So a few years a few years ago, you guys were um, kind of given a nice honor by the WACF, uh, the Wilmer Community Foundation. And oh. mm-hmm. um, what does something like that mean to you when you kind of get pointed at to say you guys have done a lot for this community? Well, were they volunteers of the year, or what was the actual? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I went around yeah, the yeah, name yeah, of yeah, the yeah, award. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I think I'd call them a power couple of Wilmer. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But what was that like? Well, I what I think it's nice, you know, it's, it's nice, nice to get a recognition, yeah. but that's not why you do those yeah. things. No. Mm-hmm. You know, like getting back to Murdoch, it all started in Murdoch. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the that's what you've learned and that's what you you do when you're part of a community mm-hmm. is you give back whether it's financial give back Time give back, whatever, and I think at our age, you'd be surprised how we kind of sometimes are looking for things to do. Mm-hmm. 
ways to get back. Yeah. You're here recording a podcast on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Friday night. You can tell what kind of life we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, we had to tell everybody, oh, no, we can't do that tonight. We're too busy. But, yeah. but, 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 it, but it, is, it, it is nice to have that recognition. And sometimes people say, oh, no, we, we're not gonna, we don't want anybody to know that. But I think, to me, it's a way to encourage other people in your community. I mean, if we can do this, you can do this. And yeah. th- there's other ways right. to give back to your community. And um, so, and I, and once in a while, it, you get recognized for that. So yeah. that's nice, I think. Don't you? Yeah, for me, it's a little embarrassing, but <laughs> it, um, um, but I know that. You know, it might encourage somebody else to step up and do something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we have a number of things in the committee. Of course, the CEO and all that, but Barn Theater, we're involved mm-hmm. in our church. For sure. Bethel Church downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I volunteer at the food shelf. I've been there for probably six years, I think. Every wow. Monday afternoon, yeah. <laughs> I'm there, and I love that experience. It's just great. You you meet wonderful people, and um, uh, you feel like you're making a difference. Yeah, you, you feel like you're making a difference. Nancy does a, a thing at uh, Bethesda every oh, yeah. month. I do a Bible study at Bethesda, mm-hmm. uh, assisted living. Sure, Tw- I think twenty years. Are maybe. you in the chapel when you do that? Nope. Oh, okay. I do, uh, we just you know sit around the table and just talk and yeah. and visit and. And it's great because... She's been doing it for 20 years <laughs> Yeah, now? I think so. Wow. Because um, pretty soon I'll be sitting on the other side of the table. <laughs> but anyhow, they're just wonderful people. And this is the thing. Like, um, no matter what age you are, you're always a learner. And um, that's when I go to Bethesda, and these people are older than me by a bit. Mm-hmm. It's not my job, like education. It's not my job to come in there and say, here's how it is. Yes. It's my job to come in there and say, how do you feel about this? You know, tell me about your life when you were growing up at Christmas. What was it like when you were 12 years old? You know, mm-hmm. then we get on to the story or the study or whatever. But I just think that no matter what your age, little kids, high school kids, our age, sometimes I know as I started getting older, all of a sudden I thought, Wait, are are people treating me differently because they think I'm old? <laughs> you, you, someday you'll say to yourself, "That Nancy Geiger was right about this." <laughs> but um, the first thing I noticed is people would open the doors for me, and I'm thinking, "Well, I can open that door," <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and then I thought, "Okay, they just okay. want to open That's the nice. door for me. That's nice." Pretty soon, it's like. They see me out there in the parking lot coming towards the door, and they stand there and hold the door open for me. It's like, now they're making me <laughs> to get there. But, but I think, I, I got to say, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. But sometimes I think people dismiss people after a certain age, like the people at the assisted living. Mm-hmm. They have so much to tell and so much to give. And I always say to them, <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you that you're set in your ways because look at all the changes you've had over all those years Absolutely. in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like going there. And, you know, sometimes I it's like, and I leave and it's like, 
man, I gain so much. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And they're yeah. so appreciative. And and the people at the food shelf are so appreciative. And, uh, you know, don't tell me people are just all taking advantage of the system. Right. You know, I mean, we had somebody just the other day, I think it was their first time there, and she said, oh, I just never dreamed that I'd get this much, you know, and I just thank you so much for what you've done. Wow. Yeah. Another interesting thing, when people take something off the shelf that I'm like, yeah, what do you do with that? Oh, it's the I'll food shelf? Yeah, the food yeah. shelf. I'll say, what, what do you do with that? <laughs> and they tell me, and they have all these wonderful recipes and how they <laughs> And you're learning from them. And I'm learning from yeah, them, writing too. Yeah, I'm notes. writing down. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think, you know, we at our age, you know, you you always are learning something new, no matter right. what your age. And that's how you need to treat people. Yeah. Like yeah. That. As I'm listening to you guys, I'm thinking like, gosh, there's such a, you guys have such a vibrancy to you and like a, just an overall happiness that you exude. And I think that's because you are, even with it, with your work, or with your volunteer time or the things that you're chasing after, you're like following the things that really excite you and are you're interested in, are your passions, to so, so to speak. And that's what brings about like just the sense of joy that you right. that you put out into the world. Being it's living to, life. If you don't do that, I, yeah. I don't even know if you're really living life. If mm -hmm. you you know you're yeah. kind of settling or or not trying to grow in some way. But your dad still wants to talk, start businesses at his age, right? He's still having <laughs> conversations about this. Well, yeah, I, he just well, had a birthday, didn't he? Didn't he? Yes, he did. Hundred years old. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Wow. And he's still an entrepreneur through and through, isn't he? Well, he still talks like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That mindset and like that spirit just keeps yeah. you young. That's right. In certain ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And his mom's 97. 97. Wow. Yeah. So what's next for the Geigers? Geigers? For us? Yikes. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Should I say? I, here's the deal. <laughs> we have talked off and on about building something. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're building the next thing. Often we've talked about, okay, when the day comes we don't want to live in our house anymore, what would we like, where would we like to live? Mm -hmm. And we always say, we'd like to live downtown mm -hmm. in like the third story and have the whole third story to ourselves and have other <laughs> people there too. <laughs> And so I, I, I haven't totally bought into this. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. Gary, it was your idea in the first place. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we think about things like that because. To be deep in the community in that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something. Well, you're still dreaming. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. That's oh, right. right. That's, That's it. Right. And turning, I mean, finding ways to turn those dreams into reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that one. Gary's though. like over there thinking through the, the spreadsheets and the numbers, the, the numbers and how it can practically work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you make that work? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think what really you're talking about is my, my parents, for example, live in a senior living facility in the Twin Cities, and they can't walk to anything outside of their buildings. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good-sized building, so there's a, there's a lot of walking to do. But I mean, they can't go downtown to get a cup of coffee or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I think led to that discussion mm -hmm. about having 
building some kind of a building downtown where you'd have accessibility right you know, we walk you to know, church walk to a coffee walk, walk to right. the barn walk to the we building for concerts foxhole foxhole, foxhole yeah, there right. you go <laughs> all yeah. the goodness right. mm-hmm. so so it would be nice to be it would in be a, neat to have a place like that absolutely and, yeah because where we live now too you can't walk to Take a golf cart a lot of you places. Can take golf. <laughs> yeah. We can go to the Oaks. We yep. feel that's kind of in our backyard. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we go for it's our kitchen, kind of. <laughs> but the golf cart doesn't work this time of year. No. No, no, definitely not. No. But you so, guys also spend a lot of time traveling and learning when you travel. You guys go to presidential libraries yep. and you're still very much in the learning stage. We only have two libraries left to go. Wow. Oh, um, I didn't know that. And we're going to go there in January. Getting both. Where's that? Done. Texas. Texas. Uh, the two Bush libraries. We haven't made those yet. We've okay. We've done all the others. But. You guys are diehard learners. We are. I'm a, I'm a lover of winter. Cold really? Winter. <laughs> Bless you. You are not, I'm guessing. No, I, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, Maybe more it's the change of season. Sure. You know, you get to snuggle in a little bit and read eat a little, book. Eat a little extra. Eat a little extra. Yep. And um, so we we had chosen not to go south for four months and live somewhere else. But we do like to, like, we'll go to Texas for a week in January. In February, we're going somewhere for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah. and and um, We haven't we, figured out March or April yet. But we find that that works. Yeah. You know? Sure. Then yeah. we get to spend time here as well. But would you like to be our friends because all our friends are gone? Of course. <laughs> we love, yep. love nothing more. <laughs> Drive us in your Tesla and we'll bring the wine. Yeah, right. yep. okay. So out there in Radio Land, <laughs> if you're listening, we could use Gary and Nancy are looking for friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Click the link below yeah. in the description. Yeah. You can apply. Yeah, right. Um, but a lot of our friends do, of course, go south, so they're for, gone. Yeah, yeah. I like the changing of seasons, and I like winter, but February winter is not the winter that I uh, like. Is it getting too long already? It's it's January 2.0. It's uh, still cold. It's There's still yeah. no hope. At least in March, even if it's cold, there's still hope. Yeah. After mm-hmm. Christmas, though, I'm like done with winter. No. I, January's fine. You just know <laughs> yeah. it's going to be terrible. I have a January birthday, so oh. I, I take offense when people don't like yep. January. Oh, well, I don't want to skip Mine's February. Birthday. I have a February 5th <laughs> okay. birthday. Okay. Although we I have things to look forward to yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> got January, yeah. I've got February. Yeah. Birthday party. Yeah, right. right. Sure. Yeah. Well, it'll So, we stick we stick around pretty much. Sure. Um, so this is going to be kind of an maybe not an odd request, but um, since we're recording this and it's going to go out on the internet, it's ne- probably never going to go away. Um, are there any are there any messages that you'd have like for your young grandkids, like things that you'd want to say to them um, that that you would you know maybe would be a message to a lot of people about how to live you know a happy life and how, how to live to a good life, continue to live a happy life. What would you want to say to them? Seems like it would be or an say to us. You go yeah. or to us. We'll take it. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I was going to say you do that. <laughs> I know it's kind of a bombshell question. Yeah, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. I, you know what? I guess this sounds so trite, but you want to say, follow your heart. Um, our oldest grandson, Max, that's twenty-two, he graduated from the Minnesota College of Art and Design. Mm-hmm. He followed his heart, and. Um, 
now he's at the community college taking welding. <laughs> and um, what a smart thing for him to do. And, you know, his parents could have said, you know, Max, what are you going to do when you get out with a degree in furniture design? You know, what are you, you, know, you going to, you know, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. But that's what he really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as parents, you, you know, occasionally you, you hear, well, my child wanted to do it, but I said, no, you had to do What does that get you? Mm-hmm. You know, and even if, um, uh, you know, Chris, our son Chris followed his heart. He went to a college and majored in theater. And he's way away from theater right now. <laughs> but that's what, that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. So then, then sometimes you have second thoughts. You think, gee, maybe as parents we should have said blah, blah, blah. We should have guided them yeah, more. Yeah, we should have guided them more. But I think, I think that's a big part of keeping a relationship um, mm-hmm. is to, to do that, to follow your, follow your heart. And, um, okay, I'm thinking your turn now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it, I don't have anything to add to that, really. And uh, appreciate your family, <laughs> too. You know, I yeah. think that's important. Um, you see a lot of times where people don't have that close relationship with their family, and we're grateful that our, our kids come home and we all get together and we all one have a thing, good time. One thing that we always say when when we have a Thanksgiving or a, a Christmas dinner or whatever, we're really thankful that, for the ones that could come. Oh, yeah. Instead of saying, I wish so-and-so could have been here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have this... I call it the Thanksgiving table theory. And it's, we want to do this when we sit down at Thanksgiving table. We say, oh, too bad Chris couldn't make it this year. It'd sure be nice if he was here. You know, Chris hasn't made it for three years. And here's all these people sitting across the table from you that are there. So you need to say, we're so grateful that you're all at the table. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, you miss the ones that aren't there, but you need to say, thank you for being at the table. Yeah, and being present. And being that. present, yeah. 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 And our our older grandkids still, I mean, you know, I'll text Max and saying how much I appreciated that he came. We were going to the Vikings game and we had breakfast before. And he came, he lives in Minneapolis, he came and had breakfast with us. And so I just tell him how much I appreciate. Oh, I just love coming, you know. And so when they get to be 22 and you still hear that, you realize you're not going to be seeing them every day and all that kind of stuff, and they're on their way. Mm-hmm. And another secret, I think, is like when our ki- grandkids kept were getting older and we'd go to Minneapolis or something and say, oh, can you come and do No, they were doing something with a friend or they had a special thing event planned. You say, that's where they belong. They don't belong sitting with us now anymore. They belong with their friends because mm-hmm. that's their age in their life. They're so. living their life. Yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. and you know they still love you and you love them. And but I don't know if this is what else. <laughs> that, well, that was a lot <laughs> of good fine. stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was fine. a lot of good Hopefully. stuff. Just you know, I don't know. Uh, keep your fingers crossed and pray. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. Well, I 
I really appreciate you guys taking the time and hanging out and drinking some wine with us. And for sure. Um, anything else you want to say? No, I'm just like I said. I'm just. It's been really cool learning more about your guys' stories and being able to learn from your lives and see. I knew you like just from a couple, like in passing, essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. and from my time here at WorkUp. And so it's been it's been really really cool to get to see learn a little bit more and find out why you are the way you are because like i said you're such joyful people and so now i get it now i get it and i'm inspired by it so thank you so much for sharing i probably speak for a lot of people when i say that i hope you know um in 15 years or so when i'm your age that my wife and i are are exactly the same and by that of course i mean we're happy and we have you know great family and I have a Tesla, so yeah, right. uh, we all can dream, right, Tyler? <laughs> That's right. That's the big thing. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thank you.